From the little cave on the tiny island of Patmos in the Aegean Sea, the heavens opened. Since then, the world has been fascinated by the cosmic upheaval brewing on the horizon of history. The upheaval is now upon us. It is within us. To some degree, it always has been. But there has been a sudden and violent shift in the affairs of the world. The winds have changed. Heaven will not be silent. Let's now join Father Anthony Bush, pastor of St. Stanislaus Koska, the Sanctuary of the Divine Mercy in Chicago, and author of A Mother's Plea, For the Winds Have Changed. Together we can pave the way for a hopeful response to the signs of our times. Good afternoon and welcome to the Winds of Change. I'm David Carollo sitting in today for Father Anthony. On this very special day, Veterans Day, a day that we uh, truly need to remember those who uh, who helped us have the freedom to uh, do the things we do, like be on the radio. Let's start today. It is noon. Let's start with the Angelus, if we can. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived of the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it done unto me according to thy word. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Pour forth, we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we, to whom the incarnation of Christ thy Son was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. So good afternoon, and again, today is Veterans Day, as I've said earlier. Uh, great to be on here uh, doing the Winds of Change, and uh, the, um, the church has always had a, um, uh, the way of bringing about um, the, um, uh, the, 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 bringing the right saints into the church, or the feast days on certain days, and today is no different. Uh, today we celebrate, actually, the, the um, feast day of St. Martin of Tours. And St. Martin of Tours, of course, was, uh, was a soldier. Uh, he was born in uh, what is now part of Hungary, uh, but his father was a senior officer in the Roman army, so he was raised in mostly in, in what is the region of Italy and Pavia area. Uh, at the age of 10, he became a catechumen. This was soon after Christianity was allowed to be practiced around uh, 326 or so, I guess. And and he, it was, the Roman Empire was, it was legalized under, under Constantine. Uh, and following the example of his father, he joined the cavalry at the age of 15 and was stationed in Gaul. According to St. Sulpius, during his military service, though, St. Martin encountered a poor beggar in the town of Amiens who did not have an adequate uh, clothing, actually, a coat or whatever. And it was a very cold winter day. Thereupon, you know, he cut his heavy woolen officer's cloak in half with his sword and gave half to the beggar. Later that night, he had a vision of the Lord Jesus Christ, who was wearing the portion of the cloak that he had given to the beggar. You know, Christ uh, told us, he heard Christ tell his angels, you know, Martin, while still a catechumen, gave me this to cover me. After this vision, St. Martin sought baptism, and at the age of 18, proclaimed himself as a soldier for Christ. 
When his term of service finished in two years, he left the military and went to visit his parents. He worked on converting them, and he succeeded in converting his mother, but not his father, who really clung to infidelity in, in a different way of life. But he went to seek the counsel of St. Hilary of, of Portier, and near that city adopted a penitential life as a hermit to renounce the world. This attracted followers and even usually founded a monastery at Montmartre in northeastern France. Uh, St. Martin had a reputation for holiness and performing miracles, so that when the Bishop of Tours died in the year 371, the faithful demanded that he take his place as the Bishop of Tours. You know, he was reluctant, I mean, because it wasn't, <laughs> again, he was, he was a, a humble man, but he did so in obedience to the will of God, and he was consecrated Bishop on uh, July 3rd of that year. As Bishop St. Martin continued living a very austere life, and it was dedicated to training of holy priests and worked diligently to increase the spread of Christianity throughout his diocese. As a shepherd of souls, he built churches and established monasteries throughout his diocese, and many of these were located where he had destroyed pagan worship sites. He was, he was so strong, much like St. Paul, to take on now the, 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 the heresies and bring about, bring about the Catholic faith. But throughout his life, he had a special place in his heart for the poor and oppressed, and particularly for sinners. He had great power in driving out demons from the possessed, and the demons often tried to attack him. He was a man of great humility. You know, in Paris, he came face to face with a leper who many had shunned. St. Martin then, to show them, took the person, kissed him, and blessed him, and he was cured. During his lifetime, he was said to have a dignity equal to the apostles, and he was fortified by the grace of the Holy Spirit. At times, the brethren heard voices coming out of his cell in the monastery. When asked, he told them to tell no one that he had been visited by St. Agnes. This happened often. Saints Peter and Paul also visited him in visions. St. Martin knew the time of his death and revealed it to his brethren. They were afflicted and asked him, Why are you deserting us, Father, and leaving us as orphans? St. Martin prayed, Lord, if I am still needed by your flock, I do not refuse the labor. May thy will be done. As he was dying, he saw the devil near his bedside and said to him, What are you here for, you bloody beast? You will find nothing deadly in me, and Abraham's bosom will, will welcome me. He dressed in sackcloth and ashes, and the brethren put some straw on his bed, his hard bed, actually, since he was racked with pain. His brethren wanted to turn him on his side to make him more comfortable in his last moments, but he protested, saying, Please leave me as I am, brothers. Let me keep my eyes on heaven rather than on earth, that my spirit may be always directed toward the Lord. You know, he died, he was 81 when he died, which is pretty old in those days. And, uh, uh, you know, according to eyewitnesses, his face shone as though he had been glorified and heard choirs of angels singing around him. He's the patron saint of soldiers and beggars and those in need. So really need to keep, uh, you know, keep him close to us. And those in need, we're all in need many times. So I think it's very important to, to have him. So I'm reading this actually from our magazine, Soul Magazine, an article we had. So it was just so appropriate today in this month, this article, this, this is the issue that just came out. Soul Magazine, of course, is the is the publication of the World Apostle of Fatima, the Blue Army. I am, of course, the executive director of the organization and not to make a shameless plug here, but our organization is, uh, um, you know, our, our magazine, I should say, has been published now since 1950, and it, it's available both in, uh, in print form as well as um, in digital form on our website, bluearmy.com. You can make your way to it, but it's uh, a beautiful story. I thought it'd be appropriate to read this little blurb about St. Martin of, of Tours because, again, today we are we are celebrating a Veterans Day, and, and as the as the patron saint of soldiers, we need to, I think, really look, especially with our country and our history and everything being under attack the way it is today, um, I think it's very, very important that we uh, keep in mind the, um, uh, the, the, historic, the, the beauty of, of you know, I, I think I, we've, had, we've had people in military people painted in a very bad light, and this, this is something I saw as I was even growing up during the Vietnam era, and beyond that, I mean, we without without those people that have selflessly given, we would have no country. And I think uh, uh, maybe there's this whole mentality out there to look away from nationality, but I don't think uh, I don't think it's 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 appropriate. You know, Veterans Day has tremendous history. Um, it goes back to it was actually originally known as Armistice Day, 
And it was originally set as a U.S. holiday to honor uh, the end of World War One. It officially came on November 11th of 1918. And uh, in legislation later, uh, 1938, November 11th, was dedicated to the cause of world peace because, you know, it would be celebrated as Armistice Day. Uh, it was a legal holiday to honor primarily the World War One veterans. But in 1954, having been through the Cold War, or excuse me, the, the World War Two and the Korean War, uh, Congress um, uh, brought it together, and then it, it became known as as, um, as Veterans Day. You know, but this this has been a beautiful, uh, I think, a day that's always kind of come to me. I wasn't really till 1975 when I think President Ford signed a law which became the annual observance of Veterans Day as we celebrate it today. You know, it, but it's something that that we need to remember. We're in in a, uh, you know, people have. Uh, really, really devoted their life. So many people, I know many military people, and I, and I, I really do, I, I never did serve in the military. I guess my timing just came in. I, um, I was at the winding down of the Vietnam War in those days, and, and I registered for the draft, but I was never called. And so I went on to school, and, and you know, the rest was history, but I never was called. I, but I, I've always, to some degree, envied those who did serve because I think they have you know there, there is a sense of honor I deal with so many people that are veterans today and I, I say that there's um, uh, you know there, there there's a special nature about people especially career people who really focused on uh, focused on the country and focused on uh, righteousness I think that's really what draws many people to the um, to the military uh, we're um, I think we are a country we're at a time today where our, our entire history is just being being attacked, and and I think people in the military are getting uh, uh, very bad shake. <laughs> I'm sorry, you know, I, I, I feel bad, uh, you know, for so many that we know and many we don't know. But what really scares me is that some of the things that are going on are going to bring people away from the, um, uh, you know, from the whole the whole desire to serve and be part of the military. You know, uh, something I saw of it: five things you don't really know about Veterans Day, and I found this in an article I was looking at, but. Uh, you know, it's it's Veterans Day uh, for, uh, for Veterans Day, not Veterans Day for a good reason. The lack of the apostrophe when they write it might seem like a semantic choice, but it has definite delivery meaning. According to the U.S. Department of Veteran Affairs, Veterans Day is not a day that belongs to veterans. It is a day for honoring veterans directly in front of us right now. So it's really more for us to remember those, um, honoring them, obviously. Uh, of course, uh, it used to be, you know, celebrated on the fourth Monday of October, and it was 1968 when the Uniform uh, uh, Holiday Bill, the Uniform Monday Holiday Bill, which stated that Washington's birthday, Memorial Day, Columbus Day, and Veterans Day would all be celebrated on Mondays. But the reason for doing this was to create three-day weekends, which hopefully would encourage travel and other recreational activities. I don't know, but still, this is still the day that we remember on the 11th, you know. Um, there's there's just there's so much more to it, but it's part of our, our national, um, our psyche. I mean, we, we have, uh, I, I don't know, I grew up in a patriotic family, so perhaps maybe for me it means a little bit more because patriotism and that love of, the, of who we are uh, as a nation has always been very important to me, and I was trained that, 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 that we had to be grateful to those who came before us. You know, we're in, we're in the month of November, and um, uh, when I come back after the break, I'm going to talk more about the month of November and how the whole theme of that month is gratitude. Because um, uh, so it's very appropriate, I think, that the uh, this this holiday fall on um, fall in the month of November. You know, we have other months that are are, are, are put aside for many different things, but this is uh, this one means this one means a lot. I mean, we have to understand that we are a um, you know uh, we are today who we are. To a great degree, because of those who preceded us, and I think that's uh, that's a very Christian Catholic attitude to have too. You know, so we uh, we have always uh, we've always had to look to people in the past so that we can define our future. Um, not doing that, I think, is a, is a danger. It truly is. And um, when uh, when we we try to we try to rewrite the history, we 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 very. We get into dangerous territory because we're not really understanding uh, how things are built on a foundation. But um, but there there is um, you know there there's a I don't know always been in, again in the church and all a, a love for our um, our history, 
our history, of course, is, um, as a nation as well as a church. So uh, I have to take a break right now, but when I come back, I'd like to follow up a little more on, uh, on November and the special nature of this month and how it ties into what we're celebrating today. So I'm David Carollo on Winds of Change on the new EWTN Catholic Radio Voice for Chicagoland. WSFI Catholic Radio on AM 750 WNDZ and on 88.5 FM WFSI. Today is Veterans Day. Maybe someone in your family, maybe someone you know, answered the call to defend the nation. Today, Winds of Change salutes all who have served. I'm Loretta Freilich, Winds of Change guest host, and you are listening to the Winds of Change. St. Stanislaus Koska Academy. St. Stan's is an exceptional private elementary school in Chicago, serving preschool, age three and four, pre-kindergarten, kindergarten, and first grades. We incorporate Catholic values and rigorous academic, social-emotional learning, Chinese, Spanish, STEM, and more, providing our students with leadership and life skills to transform our world. St. Stanislaus Koska Academy is conveniently located one block north of Division on Noble, just off the Kennedy Expressway. To schedule your tour, visit ststanschicago.org, ststanschicago.org. Welcome back. David Carollo sitting in today for Father Anthony on Winds of Change. You know, I uh, was talking earlier about uh, Veterans Day and, and, and the whole concept in the month of November. You know, the month of November is a month uh, focused on gratitude, as I said earlier. You know, think about it. On November 1st, we honor all saints. You know, on the 2nd, we remember all souls. We pray for all those who have passed away. We recall what they left us, both materially and, and more importantly, spiritually, you know. Uh, you know, this year we've been granted the indulgence given by visiting a cemetery throughout the entire month. And that's pretty special. You get a plenary indulgence if you visit a cemetery and make the right prayers every every day. And um, my wife and I do try to do that. Um, you can get a plenary indulgence any day this November. Um, the Vatican has decided to grant Catholics who visit a cemetery to pray for the dead on any day of the month of November a plenary indulgence. You know, usually the church only grants a plenary indulgence for the souls in purgatory. Uh, to those who pray on November 1st to the 8th, which is the week of the Solemnity of All Souls Day. But last year, due to the COVID pandemic, the Apostolic Penitentiary issued a decree that extended the availability of some plenary indulgences because of concerns about avoiding large gatherings of people in churches or cemeteries. The Vatican has issued the same decree this year during the month of November, which I just think is beautiful. Uh, the specific November 2, second plenary indulgence uh, one can obtain for the souls of purgatory by visiting a church or an oratory, reciting an Our Father and the Creed, and could also be done on any day in November, and again, as I said, and to visit a cemetery. Um, I... Um, uh, you know, we because we've been granted this thing, you know, there's really no better way to illustrate uh, the gratitude. Um, and, and actually, when you think, you know, this is what, what this whole month is really steeped in gratitude. But how do you illustrate gratitude more than to pray for the souls of our deceased? You know, those who knew, those we knew, I guess, and those in love, and those who we really have forgotten. I most, you know, most are in great need of our prayers. I mean, you know, there are so many forgotten souls out there, just like, you know, I, I'm the executive director, as I said, of the World Apostle of Fatima. And the Fatima message, of course, is about praying for the salvation of souls. Uh, that was the, the charge that was given to us in 1917 by Our Lady. And she said when, when she showed the children the vision of hell, she said, there are souls here because there's no one to pray and make sacrifices for them. Well, true. So our primary goal, obviously, is to keep people, to, to help people find their way to salvation. But then beyond that, help them in the um, in that next part of the quest, because almost everybody who leaves this earth goes to purgatory. I mean, we, we leave here with a little dust on our clothes, no matter how good we are in the eyes of the world. And I think um, the perfection of heaven is beyond 
probably beyond anything we can think of. So we we need to pray for the holy souls because there are our advocates. Um, we are. Uh, I've often had as a guest on this show with me Susan Tassoni. She's known as the Purgatory Lady, and she's written just numerous books on purgatory and just just excellent. I hope to have her on soon again. And um, uh, you know, Susan often talks about you know she, she's done many you know many things in light of Saint Faustina, of course, and and, and, and Divine Mercy, but. But the, 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 to, to, to work for the salvation of souls primarily and then to help them be relieved of their sufferings once in that state of purgation, I think we have, a, um, we have to know that they can't help themselves. We have to do that. Where's the charity? There's the gratitude I'm talking about here. Think about soldiers. We were talking, this is Veterans Day, and you have so many soldiers that have you know, died in, either in battle or just you know, survived, survived their military service, but then, of course, lived their lives and passed away. And um, uh, you wonder about them. Do their families pray? I mean, do, you know, we owe them a debt of gratitude too, and we pray for to help people to be released from purgatory. And there's a little selfish motive in this too, because those people can very much help us. That's uh, you know, they they can't pray, they can't help themselves, but they can help us. So uh, uh, you know, there there is the a very very. Um, unique tie as Catholics we have this tie of the communion of saints we are the church militant on earth there's a church suffering in purgatory and then of course the church triumphant in heaven and so you know as these people get closer and closer to heaven and once they arrive there they are there for us they will be there as our advocates if we're there for them now there's a um uh you know, there is a cemetery that's attached to, of course, I'm, I'm primarily working in New Jersey. I'm back and forth between uh, uh, Chicago and New Jersey. And um, there is a cemetery attached to our parish in New Jersey. And the site dates back to the mid-1800s, the parish. And then, uh, of course, out east, you know, there's much more uh, history than there is in the Midwest, certainly been there much longer. And uh, my wife and I often walk there to say a prayer for the dead. We'll go to Mass maybe in the morning, and then we'll walk over there and say some prayers for the dead, especially in this month of November. We're making it a, a practice to go over there and pray these, like the, the St. Gertrude prayer, uh, which she, you know, say what is said will release a thousand souls from purgatory every time it's said, uh, Eternal Father, I offer you the precious blood of my divine Son Jesus in union with the masses said throughout the world today for all the holy souls in purgatory, for sinners everywhere, those in the universal church, within my home and in my family. Beautiful prayer. Uh, I think with the right faith, yeah, I think you probably could release a thousand souls from purgatory with, depending on your zeal. Any of these devotions, only God knows. But, but the fact is, that we, um, you know, we go in and we try to go to the cemetery most every day and or, or every time we're at Mass over there. And, you know, I, I do tend to want to look at, and my wife also, we try to look at the, the tombstones of veterans and are often defined as veterans on there. And there's one in particular we often stop at. Uh, it was, it's, a, it's a grave of a man who fought in the Spanish-American War I mean, he's been dead and in there for so many years. Does anybody pray for him? We know nothing about this person. We know nothing about him or his family. But in a way, we feel connected, I guess, as we should, because our freedom to worship in that church and freely walk the grounds is because of people like this and their selfless acts. I mean, I mean you, you, we, we don't know. I, I nothing about his disposition. I don't know about his family, how many who we may have still on earth here. But... That's, that's the tie of, of as, as Christians, as Catholics, we're connected to those who came before us and built the things that we benefit by today. Um, and then, you know, that's why, you know, our, our, our function on earth, and I know in my duties, in my, my career, my, in my job as the executive director of, that orga of the organization, uh, my job is to take what I found and improve it and then pass it on better than I found it, hopefully, to the next person who will hopefully do the same thing, and just as my predecessors have done. I mean, that's, 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 what, that's the selflessness. And when you get that kind of, if you get a selfless attitude like that, I think you understand. You need that maybe to understand the selflessness of people like, like St. Martin Tours, like our veterans and people who have, uh, you know, I, 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 
I, I know, I mean, again, you know, patriotism is something that has always been uh, many of our, and, and, and the Catholic Church has promoted this whole idea we need to be patriotic for many, many years. Um, the late St. Pope John Paul II was a, um, was very patriotic, very, he really believed that, that his nation, his Polish nation, which really in many ways became a light to where we are today. I mean, he often, he often wanted the, um, uh, he often wanted the, 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 the Poland to be the model for 21st century. He really felt that, that you know, coming through communism, uh, standing up, not just communism, but coming through uh, the times of the wars, you know, the occupations by the, by the Germans and the Russians, as well as the Nazi occupation prior to that. Um, you know, they knew oppression, but what they also knew more than anything was how to stay faithful Keeping those churches open, you know. And again, Poland. Uh, <clears throat> my wife comes from Poland, so my, I hear my in-laws, and and uh, I mean, they they fought and kept their churches open. They didn't allow, like so many of the communist countries, they didn't acquiesce to that secular idea, and and, and strong-handed, obviously, uh, under the communists. But even you know, we're seeing that today. Now we're seeing it in the United States, where where our faith is being just, you know, diminished. I mean, you know, you can have your faith, but kind of keep it at home. We don't want it in the public square. Well, if it's not in the public square, if you're not living your faith in the public square, then you're not living your faith at all. You know, yes, you want to, you have to practice it at home. And the domestic church, of course, is extremely important. Um, as an apostolate, we promote um, the home enthronement program. We have, we, we have a big part of our apostolate. If you want more information on that, uh, you can come to our website, bluearmy.com and uh, find your way to home enthronement. And it's a beautiful program because the, the domestic church is really where it all begins before you get into, before you can go worship in the beautiful buildings we have. You need to have a, you know, have an understanding that you receive at home primarily. Some don't, some pick it up away, but the you know, chances of picking it up afterwards in school or amongst your friends or maybe through a spouse, well, there are conversions like that and, and that's wonderful. But the people who really receive that grounding in their homes, their parents, um, uh, you know, they, they understand it. And, and I think um, we, we have, that's why we promote so much this, this work with families. Uh, we have many homeschooling families that are part of our apostolate work with us. Um, they, their feeling is nobody can teach their children like, like they can. And in, in light of the situation, say, even in our schools, um, I was fortunate. I was raised at a time when the Catholic schools were powerful and, the, and, and sisters. We had, we had nuns. And they were, they were, talk about dedicated heroes, talk about veterans, people who came in and gave their lives. You know, we, we didn't appreciate our sisters enough, in my opinion. And, and in, this, in this terrible time where, um, where we've had such a, a decrease in vocations overall, certainly to the priesthood and religious life in general, but the, the decrease in the, the, um, the vocations amongst women has plummeted even more so than amongst men. There's actually a little bit of resurgence now coming on with, with, um, with, the, uh, with men, with, with the priesthood and that, which is beautiful. Um, but in the, um, you know, amongst women, you know, there are groups, and I think it's ironically, maybe not ironically, maybe understandably, uh, it's, it's these groups that, that go back to the more traditional rules and traditional lives. Uh, these these female orders are, are seeing a resurgence or new ones are coming up with those rules and they really are accomplishing something but still nothing like what it was and there's still not enough to man you know enough schools and 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 influence parishes in the way they did when I was young and uh, the sisters of St. Joseph they were beautiful I, I'll never you know to this uh, to to the time several of them I kept in touch through my family with several until they passed away and they just had beautiful vocations, and they really, um, they they were mothers to us, just like our own mothers were. Uh, but again, that foundation had been laid at home, and I think that's where we uh, we want to make these heroes. We're talking about this whole month is about heroes and about about you know we talk about hero heroism on this Veterans Day. But you know, I, I think if you look at uh, if you look at the people who end up you know serving properly in military, many of them come from these same kind of homes where they where they are really taught the beauty of um, of 
you know, the, 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 the patriotism, which is just steeped in gratitude, gratitude for the things that God gave us. And, and our nation is something that we need to be thankful for. So anyway, I'm going to take another break. And when I come back, I'd like to follow up on this theme. This is David Carollo sitting in today on Winds of Change on the new EWTN Catholic Radio Voice for Chicagoland, WSFI Catholic Radio on AM 750 WNDZ and on 88.5 FM WFSI. Today is Veterans Day. Maybe someone in your family, maybe someone you know, Answer the call to defend the nation. Today, Winds of Change salutes all who have served. I'm Father Tom Coyes, Winds of Change guest host, and you are listening to the Winds of Change. How long has it been since you have been to church? Busy schedule, work, or just lost interest? To be Catholic is not just merely attending Mass as just another weekend activity to be checked off the to-do list. Participation in the Sacred Liturgy gives you the opportunity to be intimately connected to Christ through the Holy Eucharist. You can also cleanse yourself of sin through the Sacrament of Reconciliation as a baptized Catholic. Come before the iconic monstrance to be in Christ's presence in the sacred silence of the Sanctuary of the Divine Mercy. St. Stanislaus Koska Church is open 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. St. Stan's is just off the Kennedy, two blocks north of Division on Noble. Come back to Christ the sacred liturgy and his gift of the sacraments at St. Stan's. Welcome back. David Carollo sitting in today for Father Anthony on Winds of Change on this patriotic day of Veterans Day where we again we remember live uh, those who I should say those who served our country many whom died many uh, many who went on to live good noble lives and I think so another thing to keep in mind is um so many people in our society, in, 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 in business, in politics, and everything, came out with great military training. I think that's another thing. They, their, their service went beyond just, the, um, just their time in the military, just their time in uniform. And I know that um, because it's a mindset, there's a mindset and I, there's a discipline that comes out. And I, I, I you know, I, I've traveled the world uh, in my work and my business for many, many years. And... I've seen uh, so many countries that, that uh, have the mandatory military service. Now, people in this country have kind of pushed back on that for a long time, but countries like Italy, countries like um, uh, Israel, uh, there's a mandatory two-year service time. I think they're for men and women, actually, but at least for the men. And I think that I, I, I've come full circle, you know, thinking that maybe this is, this is a good thing. It's a discipline thing. It teaches people, you know, to come and you serve your time, some type of public service. Um, I, I think that it's important, even in times of peace. It, it is uh, obviously you're there to defend your country because you don't know when your enemies are at the gate. But it has more to do with um, a discipline and teaching people, I think, to to be of service. I mean, the Catholic Church has always, um, you know, looked obviously where you know the priesthood and religious life are lives of service. Um, and I think really, you know, you, you look at. Um, the more we try to secularize what we're doing, even in the training of our religious, uh, I think we, we, we lose sight a little bit of what we're, what we're made for as Catholics. Um, there's a, um, uh, there are, are, are just, I, I've just had, I had a, um, a predecessor here who was a, um, uh, he had been a, uh, not immediate predecessor, but a couple back. And he was, he was a retired Colonel in the army and he had, I, I used to just marvel when I look at the things he would write. He was close to being a general, so I mean, he was probably close, he was on the cream, the cream of the crop. But I always, I, I could just read everything that he write, and I would find document, you know, documentation on certain things. The way he would structure himself, he was a great writer, a great thinker. But it's just that you can see the profound nature of his thought process in everything he wrote. Um, got to know him a bit. We would talk occasionally. I'd call him just for he's long retired now, but I would call him just maybe for a little bit of uh, advice and things. And 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 he always had like a fatherly type of stern fatherly advice to everything he said. I did this because of this, and this is my thought process. And I said, wow, that I, I just found that to be amazing. But again, that was that that military um, military mind. 
And um, we don't all have that. That's fine. And not everybody who goes in the military is going to be a general or a colonel, but they might be a good private. That doesn't matter. And we are. I, I've always said that whatever we do in life, and it's not coming from me, it's coming from the great saints. Uh, St. Jose Maria Escriva always said, uh, you know, when in the way that you have to, you know, if you are... I guess uh, if you read his writings, you want if you're a brain surgeon, be the best Catholic brain surgeon there is, and if you're a if you're a Catholic ditch digger, be the best Catholic ditch digger that there is, because there is no there's no lack of dignity in any kind of work, and I think um, uh, and military's always promoted that think uh, that we are a uh, we have to be focused on on doing what we do properly, um, and our military academies have put out some amazing people, so. Um, so we, uh, I, I think there's hope. Even in this time in this country, I, I'm seeing a lot of attacks even on the military, political attacks on the military, which I, I just I, I cringe when I see that. Uh, what do they want to accomplish? What do they want to see? And we have, you know, you, you, you can't, you're, you're trying to make people in the military uh, succumb to, to policies and I'm not here to be political necessarily, but I guess you can't help but in these days when you're seeing our institutions, uh, and again, primarily the military, which we which we depend on. Let's be realistic to keep us free. Um, that there is this this attack on, I guess, the discipline, if you will, of how military people think and act, and uh, it's unfortunate. I, I, I hope that you know we pray we pray every day. There have been many many attacks on our culture coming, especially recently. Um, but I think there is reason for optimism. I think we remain prayerful because um, uh, I think if we remain prayerful and, and, and true to our faith and to our country and what we, who we are, I believe that we'll overcome this like we've overcome so many, many things in the, in the history of this nation. Um, I, I watch that our history is being attacked so badly right now as if we're... Um, we're some kind of evil, uh, you know, a country founded on evil. Well, you know, we were founded by imperfect people. There's no doubt about it. But I think the goal was to become perfect. I, I, I know they taught so many different things. Slavery is always brought up, and it's a scourge on this country. It never really, uh, it, it was not, never something that would be allowed. But how many countries, on the same token, went to war to solve something like that? Went to war with itself, and and allowed you know half a million or so people to die. Um, you know, in order to right a wrong. So I think we, we are, I think we, a nation that's evolved so much over the years. I, I don't know, I, I'm, I've never, uh, I don't believe that we, we are a racist nation, that we are a people. But, you know, we all have to be introspective and look at ourselves and say, okay, well, what's our attitude on everything? But we also have to look at the, at the overriding um, good for everybody in a country like this. And um, I think we are, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm optimistic that we will overcome this, this self-loathing that seems to be dumped on us by, by media and even really, even by people in, in authority, even in the church, it, it's done. And I, I, I don't, I think, I wish people would understand that um, the, the average person has very little angst for others, no, no real hatred. I mean, um, and there's, there's this, this feeling that um, every time you, you look to your, your nation and your nation's history and these types of things. But, um, you know, that's, that's, that's not the case. I mean, we, we have to live our, we have to live first and foremost within, as I mentioned, we spoke of the, the domestic church earlier. We have to, we have to live within our first, our, our first obligations are to, to our homes and our families, right? And then beyond that, we, we have to extend that to everybody, but we can't, uh, uh, charity, yes. Uh, I mean, I, I touched earlier on the story of St. Martin of Tours and his uh, and beautiful example of cutting his cloak to give to a beggar who was cold on a night, and then our, our Lord appeared to him later that day wearing that, wearing that piece of cloak that he had given him. You know, um, we don't know. Every time we, whenever we see an unfortunate person, we have to love them, we have to help them, as he did. Um, and and but I think today we're also asked to to overlook every evil or every ill that people have, and I don't think that's healthy. I think we're you know we have to because one of the greatest things, if you you know, you look at the the corporal works of mercy, you know to feed the hungry, clothe the naked, clothe the naked. That's and those are all beautiful. But we have to keep in mind, more importantly, I think the spiritual works of mercy. What is the biggest one? To admonish the sinner. 
And as a, you know, as a promoter of the message of Fatima, um, you know, when Our Lady so strongly showed the consequences of sin and sinful lifestyle, um, we are obliged. I mean, we're, we're, we're not loving people if we, don't, if we don't try to correct their ills. If we see people living lifestyles that are bringing them potentially to perdition and we don't do something to help counter that, what love do we really have for them? Do we have love? Do we have enough? So is, or is more is it selfish? So, well, we don't want them to dislike us. So we can we can have a pleasant dinner, or we can do whatever. I, you know, I, well, <laughs> you know, no, that's not what it's about. We have to we have to take that, and that, and that's really always been the position of a soldier. I mean, people, uh, you know, you, you, we, there are absolutes in this world, and as much as we try to pretend they're not there anymore, uh, I think there is a, a very strong. Um, uh, you know, effort on the part of some to not, you know, to look at things as being on a sliding scale. Well, it's not. I mean, there's a morality that we have to live with, and many of us has fallen. I, I'm, I'm not standing here as someone who has, who's never fallen off the, the, the fidelity wagon when it comes to our Lord and His, and His commandments. But I do know that there's, there's salvation in, in being penitential. Um, by by confessing sin and then following up with reparation, you know the Fatima message is about reparation, making a conversion of sinners and making reparation for sin, and that is so so important in these days where we just think that we can we can we can look at the, at the way people we can go go along with how people are living we can we can we see things we know are wrong even in our own families people we really say we love but then do we really love them enough to try to straighten out their lifetime and even if that you know loving them means that they're not going to like us at least for some time they'll be eternally grateful if we're able to help them straighten out issues in their life you know you know prayer you certainly have to pray for people but it goes beyond prayer you have to really be a strong strong uh, you know you have to advocate for what's right because because we don't do that anymore in this society that is just uh, uh, everything is you know uh, subjective i mean it, it is it is well you know we don't and i and i and, and people who are even in, in now public office and all of that and they live with um, you know they 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 live lifestyles that are are so contrary you know i i was reading something just the other day uh, about about our senator in illinois here who has been denied holy communion in his uh, in his diocese, home diocese of Springfield. Well, you know, but he said he was in Chicago and he's able. Okay, uh, but but you know, I mean, I think that by saying, and I by, I think this goes back even prior to Bishop Paprocki being down there. Um, it was it's a statement that you know, okay, because of his his position on on abortion, um, you know, it's a, because this is an evil that you cannot support as a, as a practicing Catholic. I am telling you as a shepherd that you shouldn't do it. Is it a hatred for him? No, on on the contrary, it's an act of love. I mean, uh, even in the past, the the actual official act of excommunication was considered and still is an act of generosity, an act of, uh, you know, because you're telling someone you're living outside of the church and we want you to come back. So, and I'm not pointing out to, you know, anybody individually here, I don't mean to, I mean, this was in the news, that's why I mentioned him, but, but, I, um, uh, but there's a lot, there's so many people that claim to be Catholic and, and then they, they live contrary to, um, to the faith, they promote things contrary to the faith, they have, okay, they have rationalizations for it, I don't know. I, I personally don't feel confident, and really, the church has never uh, accepted that type of thing. Um, but you know, and, and, it, and these things shouldn't be done with anger or anything more. Where somebody stands up on a on a on a stone and says, "You're a, you're a sinner," and, and, and to condemn them. No, you point out that people are not living; they're on a path that could lead to terrible things for them as well as what it could do for society and that we have to you know that we love you and we want you to come back and live according to the rules of god so you know um, and i think that's again you go back to the whole military kind that's that's what military people do they stand up and and you know they're not they're not politicians they don't stand up and make policies they take orders and they do what has to be done um you know and and, and because they accept 
the whole idea that there is a higher structure and there are laws and these laws, our country has a constitution, which we have deviated from so much. And I think the more we have deviated from it, the more we have found ourselves in trouble and, and, and moving away from our founding um, that we are, we have certain absolutes that are just not, you know, not changeable. Um, our Constitution was generally founded in light of the Ten Commandments. Well, you know, that, those aren't really negotiable. They never were. Uh, they weren't when Moses brought them down from the mountain, and they're certainly not today. So, Anyway, I've taken another break, and when I come back, I'd like to follow up with a couple other things here on that same subject. My name is David Carollo on, uh, on, uh, on Winds of Change, on the new EWTN Catholic Radio Voice for Chicagoland, WSFI Catholic Radio on AM 750 WNDZ and on 88.5 FM WFSI. Today is Veterans Day. Maybe someone in your family, maybe someone you know, answered the call to defend the nation. Today, Winds of Change salutes all who have served. I'm Mary Fiorito, Winds of Change guest host, and you are listening to the Winds of Change. St. Stanislaus Koska Academy. St. Stan's is an exceptional private elementary school in Chicago, serving preschool, age three and four, pre-kindergarten, kindergarten, and first grades. We incorporate Catholic values and rigorous academic social-emotional learning, Chinese, Spanish, STEM, and more providing our students with leadership and life skills to transform our world. St. Stanislaus Koska Academy is conveniently located one block north of Division on Noble, just off the Kennedy Expressway. To schedule your tour, visit ststanschicago.org, ststanschicago.org. Welcome back. David Carollo sitting in today for Father Anthony. Talking about Veterans Day, talking about our um, our country today, and and how we look at patriotism, how we look at um, what, what is the foundation. Again, as I said, this whole month of November is really is really one that has to be defined as gratitude. Uh, patriotism, of course, is is steeped in gratitude, and that's why it is virtuous. Um, we have a. Um, uh, so, I mean, our, our church has always supported that type of thing. I know that, that the, um, our Holy Fathers have um, always looked at soldiers in a very special light. And I came across a beautiful prayer. Um, it was a prayer intention, actually, by Pope Pius XII, 1946. It's titled, The War Dead uh, for the Month of November. And it's a beautiful prayer and reflection uh, to, you know, it's very fitting here. Let me, let me read this. Those who have fallen in battle deserve to be gratefully remembered. Innocent citizens who were killed are to be counted among the heroes who faced the enemy without weapons. In life, they were ready to carry on with quiet bravery, doing the ordinary things necessary for life. Dying, they did not lose confidence in human government. In death, they utter no reproach. Now some are buried under the pile of rubble of shattered cities, the remains of others are scattered about in the deserted prison camps. Many of them died in the state of grace, it is true, but suddenly and without the benefit of the last sacraments and with the dead upon their souls. We could not minister to them and ease their pain while they were dying, but through our prayers we can help now and obtain for them a speedier release from their sufferings in purgatory. Divine Redeemer, at your ascension, you preceded us in order to prepare a dwelling with your Father for your followers. We beg you to allow the souls of our departed ones to take possession of this eternal home in peace and blessedness, where sorrow and war and death are forgotten. May your holy angels keep watch at their tombs until the resurrection day, when you will call their bodies also to glory, you who live and reign eternally. Amen. Isn't that very beautiful? Uh, you know, so it's always been, the, again, our church, our, our, our holy fathers, obviously. Uh, Pius XII, he, he, he was so immersed in war. I mean, his whole... Hello. Yes. But... Um, we lost you there for a minute. I'm sorry. Um, I, um, I'm not sure what happened here. 
but uh, we had a little technical difficulty. Uh, but I was, uh, as I... Keep losing it. Anyway, I'm sorry. Uh, back again. I'm sorry. Let me read. Let me read this again. Divine Redeemer, at your ascension, you preceded us in order to prepare a dwelling with your Father for your followers. We beg you to allow the souls of our departed ones to take possession of this eternal home in peace and blessedness, where sorrow and war and death are forgotten. May your holy angels keep watch at their tombs until the resurrection day, when you call their bodies also to glory. You who live and reign eternally. Amen. I don't know what happened. We lost the signal there for a while. But just a little more as I, as I we get ready to wrap up here. Um, looking at, you know, talking again, our Holy Fathers and their, um, how they viewed, uh, our, our, you know, nationalism and patriotism. I think, you know, and I, there was, a, a, I, I think of our land and these ideals, which are the foundation of our of our country you know and we're made up of people from everywhere and you know and realize difficulties which we find ourselves regarding political integrity and religious liberty these days really can be overcome by devotion and prayer and standing strongly for our our, our, our beliefs in 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 their god-given laws but i was very drawn to something written by saint pope john paul ii he talked about patriotism and he says this, he said, patriotism is a love for everything to do with our native land, its history, its traditions, its language, its natural features. It is a love which extends also to the works of our compatriots and the fruits of their genius. Every danger that threatens the overall good of our native land becomes an occasion to demonstrate this love. I believe that the same can be said of every country and every nation in Europe and throughout the world. Patriotism, he said, in other words, leads to a properly ordered social love. Beautiful words. Those are from St. Pope John Paul II. And I think that's really, uh, of course, he was speaking of his native Poland, but, but uh, he saw and, and, and he, he fought, with, fought so many things. I think, I think he's such a model for, for veterans, uh, especially on this special day, because he was, um, Here's a man who, who fought through the, the, the Nazi occupation and then the communist, uh, communist occupation for so many years, ascended to the priesthood in those years. Um, I, I, you know, I, I would say he would probably have very little patience with whiners and people who complain, so many of us Americans, I would say, who find um, you know, the littlest discomfort to be unbearable. I mean, uh, these are people that, that look for our new, and our military is made up of people who have that same integrity and that same strength of character to, to be focused continually on what is, what is right and what is good. You know, you, when you, when you, as Catholics, we have to keep our eye on the prize. You know, Christ gave us a, he gave us a model to live by. And, uh, you know, we as an apostolate here, are try, we try our, to do our, our best to bring about the, um, obviously through the devotion, through the promotion, I should say, of the Fatima message, uh, this message, which, was, which is more relevant today, as St. Pope John Paul II said, he said it was more relevant today than it was in 1917 when it was given. I say it's even more relevant today than it was 20-some years ago when he said that. And I think it's because um, we're living in difficult times. We're living in times that our, there's a consequence for our bad actions as people, as a world. Uh, these warnings were given in 1917 by the Blessed Mother, you know, to, to amend your ways. And, 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 and many things were done that she asked, but many things were not done. And I think today we're living with that, that, that warning she gave us that Russia would spread her errors. And by Russia, we're talking about atheistic communism, which has morphed into our secular humanism today. Uh, you know, it's, in, of course, in, in different places in the world. We have the evils of, you know, of abortion, for example, um, and, and, and so many things. Our immorality, we don't live, I mean, our, our, very, our very lives really do question uh, the teachings of God. And, and you know, we were, we were asked to follow 
certain certain things. We were asked to return to living in accord with the Gospels, and and we we failed to a great degree. But just because we failed, then doesn't mean that we can't come forward and make, and make good and 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 truly you know move ahead and, and become that holy people. Let's take let's look around us and see what's happening. The troubles that were related to this pandemic and the political upheaval. I think that really piggybacked on it. Uh, sadly, um, our um, we we. You know, I think politically we're in a very difficult situation right now because we we have really lost we, I, we we've lost the focus on on having people of integrity leading us, and I think we have uh, uh, we we have to look at that. We have to sure we have to yeah. And in the political realm, we have to hold people to higher standards. I think we do, um, uh, and but we also have to first and foremost be of that higher standard before we can hold others to it. And, um, and I think it starts, again, as I said earlier, starts in the homes. We have, uh, and we have many resources in our apostolate for, to bring people to, uh, to, you know, again, live, learn, and spread this message of Fatima. But again, to, to live, learn, and spread the message of Christianity, which is what it really is. And that is, uh, you know, the following the commandments, living the, the modesty and morality that is, is really, the, you know, the breakdown in, in morality um, sexual promiscu- promiscuity i mean everything i mean the numbers you know th- these are these are all the, the fund- foundational collapses of our society today um, but you know we can all come back we can we can all turn to god and say you know we have done something wrong help us you know help us to, our lady gave us that you know she she's she's there as our guide um, you know, and and uh, and all the saints. You look at the beautiful saints like Saint Martin of Tours. Uh, you know, these are these are. You know, he's the patron of soldiers. He's the patron of of uh, of di- people in difficult situations. Patron of the poor. I mean, that's really. Uh, you know, we just have to turn to these people, turn to these saints who lived lives and converted in many cases. I often like to pray to uh, to whoever the soul in purgatory is that I can help today who maybe overcame the same sins that I need to overcome in my life. I think that's what you need to do. Pray to that person or people or those people and, um, you know, and, and you will. And pray for your, your, your own families, uh, the salvation of souls. I mean, it comes through first, you, certainly your loved ones because you have to pray for your loved ones. But also, do we pray, you know, strongly enough for the people that we really don't like that much? You know, the people, there are people say even in government that, we're angry with. I hear this all the time from people. I can't stand that person. Well, do you pray for them? I mean, that's really what it comes down to because you can convert people by prayer. And you'd be surprised. I mean, there have been, uh, you know, many people throughout history have turned from evil ways to very strong ways by by prayer and the, by the grace. Um, I know that, um, uh, and I've heard even some bishops in our country ask for prayer campaigns for certain people because they want to bring them back. First, you know, you have to pray for their souls, too, and that they will act properly and in the common interest and the interest of the country and the world. And so we, we are, we're committed to doing that. We're committed to, uh, and, you know, we have great resources. You know, St. Stan Casca is a beautiful, beautiful place to, to be, perpetual adoration. How many times, I always say, I come down to Kennedy Expressway, and my car almost automatically wants to go off the road and just pull in front of St. Stan's and run in there and say some prayers in front of the Blessed Sacrament. Because our, our apostolate, the Fatima message, is about reparation, and it's Eucharistic reparation. We make reparation to God in the strongest way when we attend Mass, receive communion, pray the rosary, and to pray that rosary in front of, in front of the, our, our Lord exposed in the Blessed Sacrament, like is always going on at St. Stan Casca, is such a beautiful thing. And I think we have to... Uh, uh, that's how we turn back, and that's how we win this battle. But So to all our veterans, thank you for everything you've done for us. And uh, God bless you all, both living and deceased. Thank you. My name is David Carollo. For more information, bluearmy.com on our apostolate. God bless you.
is strong, but the inside is right. It's time to be stirred. The time is now. The winds have changed. Read the signs. No time to hide the wind.